2: listening to what Deshaun Watson had to say as he spoke in Berea uh, just about an hour ago. If you missed that, and go back and take a listen to it. Our website, our podcast, Odyssey app, go listen. You can get it. One of the folks listening joins us right now on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. He's the senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports. You want to know the NFL? You talk to guys like Charles Robinson.
0: Hello, Charles. What's happening, Charles? How are you guys doing? Did you, did you enjoy that? Staying, staying on focused on playing quarterback for the Cleveland Browns.
2: And executing
0: the focused game plan. On, right,
2: exactly. Exec-
3: executing the game plan. Executing the football. game plan.
2: Very that well question, by the PR staff focus. and Watson.
0: Yes. it was a two, it was, That's the best
3: two-man game I've seen
0: in a while between Peter John Baptiste and, uh, and Sean Watson. Jalen Brown uh, and Jason
3: Tatum, eat your heart out.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'll tell you what. I That's the last. Uh we have one hundred percent heard the last media scrum slash press conference slash multiple reporters throwing questions at Deshaun about the, the civil litigation. That's D- it. You think That's so? It. Yep, hundred percent. This was it. This was this was the end. That's what I took away from that. And um I think not making any moral judgments here, just how the Browns handled it was pretty smart because you sit there and you say, okay, there's still civil litigation. He can say, been advised not to speak about anything but football because of the civil litigation, and that's what I'm going to focus on. He knew the talking points. Here are the words. Here's the talking points. Keep Always circle back to, you know, you're playing quarterback. You want to execute the offense. You want to get back to football, football focus, quarterback, offense, the fancy every once in a while. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I think him saying when he was asked, I was a great question about, you know, Hey, you talked about telling your side of this and, um, you know, is that going to happen in the future? And when he said he was noncommittal about it, who knows what the future brings. Everything in my mind was just going to run the clock out on this. Maybe there'll be a settlement in that, um, civil litigation, if not that's the only way that you're you're going to hear Deshaun Watson talk about this again is going to be in a courtroom but if there's a settlement or it gets resolved on the other side of it what's going to end up happening is he's going to say I'm moving on like we're moving on we're onto football guys like let's let's move forward I want to move on and if there's anything else that happens it will be with a friendly it'll be with a, it'll be a one-on-one situation where he knows the questions are coming Um, and it can be a a contained environment. But this idea of what happened in the previous three press conferences, that'll never happen again.
2: And Charles, the longer it went on, I described it as somebody threw him a lifeboat, he hopped in because the more he talked about football, the more comfortable he became, the more personable he became, and it was like, yes, here we are. I'm starting to see the light at the end of this terrible tunnel that I've been in.
0: Yeah, I mean, for the organization, the pallet, I mean, and, and I don't mean this, I don't mean this in a way to be insensitive here, but historically for athletes that are dealing with whether it's civil litigation over, you know, sexual misconduct, sexual, sexual assault, whatever it is, or, or a multitude of other things, assault, different things, the, the quote unquote, for lack of a better term of the palate cleanser, which is awful to think about, but it's how football teams often treat this is the game. It's football. It's getting back on the field and if Sean Watson goes out and has a big game against the Houston Texans, what's well, going to be a horrible environment. I live here in Houston. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody knows he's coming. A lot of people are going to the game. It's going to be really rough on him. I mean, and, and I don't mean that like, oh woe is Deshaun. Um, but it's gonna be an extremely hostile environment for him. There's gonna be a circus side show. There's I wouldn't be surprised if there's some protests. Um some of the, you know, alleged victims in the in the civil suits I would expect will be there. And you know, he's, he's going to have to go out and play football in front of that. And I think if he plays well, organizationally, when you return to Cleveland, you say, okay, well, we're back, we're back to football now. This is what we, you know, we traded for him to be our quarterback. We've now moved into that process. Let's go ahead and, and move ahead and give people something different to talk about. And at that point, it'll be people's, you know, everybody's going to have to make the, their own decision from that point on, whether they want to continue to circle back to litigation or, or start covering football
3: what do you think he's going to look like on the field charles like how much rust do you think he might have
0: you know it's interesting because you guys know
3: i was there in in training camp and i didn't think he was particularly good the day i was there i thought
0: he looked um rough around the edges you know um he was inaccurate ball placement wasn't great i i just kind of brushed it off because i thought you know hasn't been on the field a long time i mean by the time he actually takes the field, what, we're talking basically 23 months between football and live football, time that he'll play in, in Houston. And um, I would not be surprised if there is, a, you know, a solid amount of inaccuracy, um, you know, some hitches probably in how he and Kevin work together. It's going to be a big deal, the game flow, how Kevin calls it, how Deshaun hears it, the speed of the game. I wouldn't be surprised if there, maybe there's some penalties from, you know, play clock running down, stuff like that. But that said, I could not think of a better team, just a team, not location, team, for him to be playing. I mean, Houston is spiraling. They're just they're, – uh, it's one of the best locks for the number one pick I've seen in a really long time. They're an absolutely atrocious football team. So if you're going to get right, I, you'd want to get right against the Houston Texans right now.
2: You saw him play in Houston. How much better is this situation with Nick Chubb with the offensive line? I, I don't know that the wide receivers here are better. In fact, I don't think they yeah. are. But how much better of a situation is this for him as a quarterback? Uh,
0: you know, when he played with DeHop, DeAndre Hopkins here, it, it was you know we had a pretty good situation, and and um, the offensive line, given a healthy offensive line, Cleveland, given a healthy backfield given healthy skill position players between David and Joku, who's obviously really come started coming to his own there and how good Amari Cooper has been. I would argue it's by far a better offensive um, sort of surrounding skill set for him. And um, I, look, he, he was, there was the funny conception about him is at the end in Houston, A lot of people, because of, you know, the box score scouting, would look at the statistics and say, well, he's a finished product. He was not a finished product. There were still times where um, he would make bad decisions, put a ball in a place he shouldn't. Um, He would take hits. That That was the thing that often alarmed me when I watched him here was he still took a lot of physical punishment. And, you know, we're talking about someone who had surgeries in college, um, you know, he would just, he, there were a lot of really solid hits. He's built. Well, it was compact. You can take some punishment, but it was very consistent. And after a while, you know, he started to think like, yeah, he's got to work that out of his game. And then it just sort of ended here. And so I still think there's some, some growth to, to, you know, occur in in his game. And I don't know what that's going to look like now after such a long layoff, but Again, you know, I think at the very least, you should see some flashes of that skill set right away against, against the Texans.
3: Charles Robinson, senior NFL writer, Yahoo Sports, will be at the game in Houston covering it for Yahoo as well, joining us on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. What do you make out of the resurgence of, I don't know if resurgence is even the right word, of Amari Cooper and what he's been able to do this season, especially like he came in and we were told, man, this guy is a premier route runner one of the finest route right. runners on the planet. And all of a sudden he's just developed into a full-blown, I don't want to say flawless, but minimal flawed wide receiver, hitting deep balls, hitting deep shots, all of that kind of stuff as well.
0: Yeah, that's the funny thing about the Dallas experience. It, it had a lot to do with COVID. Like, And and what I mean by that is, so he was a great route runner, okay, in Dallas that was never – if there was any ever any, like, complaint you heard and I always kind of brushed it off because it was just like oh you know he's kind of a different guy like his you know he's just not you know I don't you know how it is like it's, it's, it's a big locker room there's 53 guys in the active roster you know you got your practice squad and I'm sorry but everybody's a different you know there's there's clicks and then every once in a while there are a few guys that are just sort of an acquired taste they're they're just they, maybe they're not like other people and you know he's like into chess and, like, all this stuff. You just hear, like, stupid stuff. And I'm like, why does any of this matter? Like, watch him on the field. Basically what happened was Dallas got frustrated because they felt like they were paying him a lot of money and he had a lot of nagging injuries. Like, there were a lot of soft tissue injuries. There were times he wasn't practicing. I think they felt like that. That screwed with the chemistry and the offense at times. And then his last year, there was – you know, they had conversations with him about COVID, about, you know, getting vaccinated and, hey, availability is important. Didn't happen. He missed time. And that really pissed off the front office. It it just straight up, it did. And I think when it came down to the money, they're like, you know, look, he's he's. it's like there's these nagging injuries. There's times where we feel like, you know, he can't be out on the field. Even though you, you look and it seems like he's up and healthy every game, they felt like it was affecting him. And then, you know, the things that happened with COVID, I think there was another time where he, you know, he was at like a Mavericks game when they had asked, like, hey, let's not, you know, like, can everybody kind of stay out of these big gatherings or going out and stuff? And it, it was just sort of a, it, a lot of stuff compiled. And I think they got to the point where they're like, they looked at the salary slot and said, can, you know, can we get two players for the price of one here? And they kind of felt like they could when it came down to, you know, having to do a contract with Dalton Schultz. They wanted to sign Michael Gallup. They just felt like it was a sacrifice that he made. I can tell you this. They've caught nothing but grief for it in Dallas ever since. Like Dallas fans know they watch and they're like, "What? we basically gave the guy away. And it's, you know, it's looked at despite a great season in Dallas, ask any, you know, fan and they'll tell you it was a huge blunder. They wish that he was still on the roster.
2: Charles Robinson joining us from Yahoo Sports. Charles, I I have uh, an affection for Kareem Hunt, a football player. Does the return of Deshaun Watson to this team and him taking over at quarterback change anything for Kareem? And though I would love to see him here long term, I, I must and I've been advocating for that. I'm I keep thinking, but if they're not going to use him as much as they could use him, but then it you know do you want to not throw passes to Amari Cooper do you not want to hand it to Nick right. Chubb how how does this fit moving forward if it does and boy if you're Kareem it's a terrible year to be a free agent running back cuz there's some good ones out there who have a lot better recent resumes than
0: Kareem yeah i mean i mean Josh Jacobs was going to eat up yeah <laughs> if he gets, if they if they don't you know uh tag him i mean like if he hits the market he's going to eat up the big running back slot and from there on out everyone's going to sort of stare at everybody else and say, well, let's find economical um, like, let's find like a one year economical resolution here. And I think that's probably how some teams will look at him as a one year economical solution. The funny thing is, I think the chiefs, you know, if they could get ownership, you know, to change their minds, the chiefs would love to have him back because they know what he is and they're familiar with him and, and they feel like, you know, they, they're just like we can work with him we know what his skill set is he fit great but i think that's an ownership issue there so yeah i mean he's got tough sledding in free agency i think for the browns it's a dollars and cents sort of situation where it's okay well what's his role do i i would be interested to see if they sort of go well let's let him assess the market um maybe like uh you know I think like there was a time when Jarvis Landry, they're like, let's let Jarvis sort of look out in the market and see maybe he'll come back to us. And I think they thought at one point he would for a much cheaper deal, um, and and that ultimately didn't happen. I would not be surprised if it was the same situation with Cream Hunt, but Cream Hunt has to change his mind too. He has to want to come back. He has to know he's going to have a bigger role, and I just don't think that's really in the cards. I think he's sitting there saying – I have limited time here to, to make some money before, like there's not going to, after this, if I say, I do a one year deal, have a big deal. I might get a short term solid contract. There's just not a lot of deals still out there left for him. um, Despite the fact that I think he's still got a lot of tread, but um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a tough situation. I think for, for the Browns, because there's other things that they want to do. They're going to devote a lot of, time and energy into the front seven of the defense. I think they're going to start looking for another wide receiver to fit into the mix with Amari and Donovan Peoples Jones, because I think they know at some point down the line, they might have to make a decision on Amari, um, you know, and so it's, I just don't think they're sitting there going, Hey, the the second fiddle running back is really somebody that, that we have to spend a lot of time worrying about right now. They have a, have a lot of other, priorities that are going to be in the one through seven slots first
3: all right charles last question and it might be the hardest better beard stump mitchell or lovey smith
0: Ooh, man that's a good one that's a really good question that's <laughs> what i'm here I, for you know what i will say lovey because i think lovey looks terrible his beard. <laughs> i lived in chicago when lovey coached there i think i i you know i'm not saying you know i'm not saying he's I just think he looks. When you look at Lovey without the beard, with the beard, it's just like a completely different vibe. Like it completely changes. I had, I didn't see him when he left uh, the NFL. I didn't see him for a while, and then the next thing I know, he popped up at Illinois, and he had that beard. I'm like, oh my god! Like this looks like a, he. Should, why, why didn't he do this in Chicago? He might have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they, maybe they beat the Colts. I'm like, what? what? Yeah, it's uh, I. Love his beard, hate his coaching. Like, I hate hate to put it that way, but he's uh, probably going to be a one-and-done in in Chicago. So, if anybody's looking for a good defensive coordinator – I'm I'm sorry, in Houston. So, if anybody's looking for a good defensive coordinator, love he's potentially going to be a a free agent coach out there again.
3: Charles, thanks for joining us. Well done, buddy. You focused on the starting quarterback and executed the game plan.
0: I love it. Absolutely. I'm just, you know – Ready to move forward, focus on football. So I'll see you guys on Sunday.
3: Goodbye. <laughs> Talk soon, brother. Right. Charles Later.
2: Robinson, senior NFL writer for Yahoo Sports, joining us there on the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline.
3: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month.
1: New iPhone 15s? It's over
3: here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on
1: us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.